Welcome to the Invisible Injuries Podcast, aimed at bettering the well-being and mental health of veterans, first responders, and their immediate support experiencing post-traumatic stress. By sharing the stories of the lived experiences of our peers, the support staff, and the clinicians, it's our aim to make sure we can have a meaningful connection with our audience and give them ideas for their own self-care plan. If you do like what you're hearing, subscribe to the channel and share it with your friends. Friends. Lastly, these stories may be a trigger for your post-traumatic stress. If your PTSD is triggered, we have links to support in the description. Or if it's immediate, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. You're listening to part three of Andy's chat with Aaron Kinyanez. Because one of the first things we do, we have them journal. We have them just go out and just do random acts of kindness for people. Just small things, you know, like hold the door open or help somebody carry groceries or help their neighbor, you know, um, like paint the fence or do something, right? Something small. And they just journal it. And after several weeks, they start, they have this journal of all these things, little things that they've done. And then we ask them like, well, how's your mental health been? Like, actually, you know, it's been really good. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, there's a direct correlation. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool. uh, That aha moment. It's a little bit different for different people, you know, but around around week four, um, you know, we really start to see people being like, okay, yeah, I'm bought in. I get it. This is actually working. I'm seeing results in my own life. Um, And then, man, some of these guys go off and do amazing things. One of the guys who went to my program a few years ago, uh, he's down in Oregon and he was uh, on the verge of homeless, being homeless. Uh, and he was suicidal. He was on suicide watch when he came through my program. Now the guy, he founded and runs the most successful uh, veteran homeless program on the Oregon coast. So, wow. I mean, because just by using this concept of healing through service. And and so then he had me come down and teach this to all of his staff last year uh, because it was such a fundamental part of, of his life. And so he wants me to to teach this to, to them as well. And so, like I said, people love it because it gets results. Uh, and it's not a one and done, right? Like you're not going to go through this book and go through it one time and be like, okay, good. I'm, I'm good. You know, uh, this has to become a lifestyle of serving yeah. other people, helping other people. When that becomes your lifestyle things start changing for you rapidly. It starts compounding. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and that's what you, with what you were saying before. And I think that, so when you're helping other people and you you can give however, however much you can give, like, you know, you try and make your cup full, your own cup full first. And then if there's an overflow, you know, you you might do these little small random acts or then you can go, well, I can do some massive ones and do the program and go out and, and, and help on the mission. But these are, it's all giving back and, and really um, tailored towards how much time you can actually give towards that activity to do it. It's part of the lifestyle of what you're doing um, in, in, in your own life and however that might look. So we're, we're talking about that with the missions. Now, before the call, Q, you, you talked about Peru and you were like 15,000 feet up off there. You know, was that one of your projects that you, that you went off with Q missions? Yeah. So I was doing some scouting down there um, uh, to see if there's any opportunity. I knew some minister ministry leaders down there. And so I went down there uh, just me and one other guy, um, pastor Jay. And so we went down there to scout to see, is this viable? You know, is there enough infrastructure here for us to be able to bring a team? And if we do, 
how are we going to serve the public? So there's there's three different things that we could really do there. Uh, we worked with this really cool group called Natsinko World Orphan Choir. And so they go to these very remote villages where education is very minimal. And they, um, they meet with the kids, they get a profile of them, and then they come back to the States and they raise funding so that way they can help these kids become educated. And it was just so cool to work with them. So there's a couple opportunities there. We can work directly with them. I know they want to build a community center down there. So that's an opportunity we can look at. And we didn't see one church in that whole valley that we were working in. Um, and I know there's a couple house churches there that were just meeting, you know, uh, in homes, but that might be an opportunity in the future is to be able to maybe build a church out there as well. So we go there, we look at like, okay, is there, is there transportation? Is there food? Is there medical care? Are there building supplies? Like, what can we do to serve the community there? And then we just pray about it and see if God opens the door. And so we'll we'll do a couple of those trips a year, yeah. um, just scouting missions to see if there's any opportunities. And that's what we're doing. Uh, oh, that's fa- that's fantastic! And also gives you, I think, you know, that the thing that where you're, you're you're building rapport with the people there it gives you that that first part of a mission. Just like in the military, isn't always just going in and banging in on a job. You need to get some intel. You need to reconnaissance the area. That's right. See if there's you know formulate a plan. Well, it's all it kind of revolves all about around that again, isn't it? And then it being being able to um, execute that plan or, or, or conduct the plan um, after you've built all this um, r- rapport and and what's needed. And how you can best serve the community uh, for, for them, for their benefit, but also for um, for the people that you're helping out as well. You know, who am I going to get? You know, I've got some people uh, that have just gone through the course. This might be something for them, and then create that opportunity. That's uh, amazing. And so we've got we've talked about the the homeless uh, side of the house then, and and your experience, uh, and then the missions going out. Um, but I also want to. Before I saw, I saw the war wagon, and you're coming to us live from the from the war wagon, and how that sort of looks around now. So, can you sort of share, like, you know, obviously that's a base station for you to do a fair bit of your work around. How how does that fit into to what you're doing uh, now with 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 your work? With, with the war wagon. So yeah, it's, it's great. It's um, the, the, the war wagon. So you guys can look that up. Hashtag war wagon. Uh, it's, it's a sprinter van that was built by Winnebago. So it's like a, like an RV. I think you guys call them a caravan down yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's, um, it's fully contained. I got a kitchen, I got a bathroom, sleeping quarters. And so when COVID hit and you weren't flying and you know, everything was mm-hmm. shutting down, uh, I still had, places I had to go and people I had to see. And I was, I was developing an app at the time. So I needed to be able to travel over to North Carolina and I could see that the air travel just was not an option. It was just so hard because all the rules were changing day by day and things were getting shut down. And so we purchased this, uh, this van and we began traveling across country speaking and teaching about mental health because I had all these events I was supposed to go to book signings uh, and events and speaking engagements. And instead of flying to all these places and dealing with that hassle, we decided just to drive, you know, across the country and and do that. And so that's what we began doing. Um, and it's really cool because we modded the van out. It's, it's got a lift kit on it and it's got really cool tires and um, it's got a really cool wrap on the side of it. And then we put a giant QR code. So there's a giant QR code on the side and the back of the van that when people are like, oh my gosh, because it draws attention, right? Because the van looks pretty epic. Yeah, it's so cool. it draws attention already. Infant. And then people are like, what is this? When they go to snap a photo, it pops that QR code up. Mm. 
which is awesome because I didn't really have to train people on the QR code. Everybody's <laughs> using it now for restaurants, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's perfect timing. Put the QR code on there and it takes them to our suicide prevention website called uh, QActual, yeah. which is, um, and, and my book and my curriculum is one of the resources on the app. And so I developed a suicide prevention app um, in, in, there's a, there's a whole other show we could do on, yeah, on, on, yeah, yeah, we'll get behind <laughs> the technology, right? And so basically what I'll tell you guys is that I took everything that I learned from the book and my time on the mission field, and I put it into a digital format. Mm. And there was a hospital group out of North Carolina that um, wanted help preventing suicide. And so they reached out to me. And I went over there and I presented, I showed it to them. And they're like, this is amazing. They put it into a medical trial, 10 months long medical trial, we had a 100% success rate uh, with people utilizing this app to prevent suicide. So people were going into the emergency room needing help for suicidal ideations, and they would give them this app. 100% of the people um, are still alive and with us today. But more importantly, not one of those people had to go back into the emergency room needing help for suicidal ideations. So it totally, it, it took everybody by surprise. The study is actually going to be published later this month. Yeah. Um, probably just in a few days, it'll be published and it'll be out there for everybody to look at and read. And so we've signed with another uh, research group who wants to continue to do research on the app. Stanford University got involved. And so they're putting me through an eight week long uh, business accelerator course to help me roll this thing out across the nation, put it into every emergency room across the country. Mm-hmm. And this van becomes my mobile workstation, right? I live way out in the country, so I don't get good internet out there. So I can, anywhere I need to go, I can get in the van and I can go get Wi-Fi. I can drive to any uh, other state that I need to. Um, and this really just becomes our mobile headquarters, you know? Mobile so headquarters, mo- mobile, mobile home. And so you, there's no way of being homeless now. That thing's kitted out. So you can, you can be pimping <laughs> out right. there. And, and you know, and that's that's a great testimony to to the work that you're doing, mate. You know, and, and being able to roll these things out, and and, and it's from the sounds of it, and we will we'll just touch on it now because I think it is a really important topic to to talk about the suicide and some of the other findings, and we could put links down to the to the published um to the published results from those findings that'll be done in the next few days. Uh, you know, we were talking about maybe like you know, uh, addressing it during Suicide Awareness Month uh, later this year, uh, September in the states, and Mental Health Awareness Week. Uh, which is October, November um, here in Australia, we can roll around. Uh, if, if you'd happily come on the show again to talk about that and, and, and that, that app, the, the suicide app, that'd be great. But, you know, it, it seems like talking about suicide and in your own personal story is an important thing. You know, going back to that, that sort of stage there, you know, why is that, why is that um, important to you, Q? Oh yeah. So that's, that's a part of the story that we just kind of, we totally missed out on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I was really struggling with mental health. And so I was managing it, but I wasn't managing it well. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just kind of ignoring it. If I'm being honest, you know, pushing it down, putting it in the deal with that later box. Yeah. And it was, uh, December 7th or December 22nd of 2007. Um, you know, I had another trauma experience. And when that happened, all of that stuff that I'd just been burying just it was like a tidal wave. It just hit me and I couldn't manage it anymore. Uh, and I started becoming suicidal and I almost ended my life um, July 4th of that next year. 
I was driving around looking for a place to to end my life, and I drove into this vacant parking lot. Mm. And I just thought, okay, this is a quiet place. I'm just going to end my life right here. So I backed my truck up up against the side of the building. And I remember it was July, so it was hot. And so I rolled my window down just to get a little bit of a breeze. And when I did that, I could hear these kids on the playground um, playing. And I couldn't see the playground. I didn't know exactly where it was. But uh, I could hear these kids and I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to wait until these kids take off because, you know, I don't want them to have to deal with this. And so I waited and I waited and I waited and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, those suicidal ideations were gone. Well, it was probably two or three days later, I got invited by a friend of mine to go to church. And I was like, ah, I'm not really into the whole church thing, bro. Like, stop for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I woke up that Sunday a little hungover, if I'm honest. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll go check this out. So I drove uh, into that parking lot, or I drove back into that parking lot. And or I, I, I drove to the address and I drove right back into that same parking lot that I'd almost ended my life in. Wow. And I was like, whoa, this is a church. This is something different. I need to go check this out and see what this is all about. So I started going to church and it was like the pastor was speaking directly to me about feeling lost and alone and hopeless. And so I gave my life to the Lord and I thought like, okay, well, all my problems are going to go away, but that didn't happen. Right. Like I, I, after the altar call, I still had all those problems, but I knew there was something there. So I started uh, going to a small group study with these guys that were teaching me about the Bible. And I started to read and understand at the same time, I'm reading these medical journals and that's how I came up uh. with these concepts. And so that's why when I wrote the book, I wrote it in a way that churches could utilize this in a small group to help guys just like back me to the team, back in. to the squad, the small sign and back to the QR code. Is this the sign you're looking for? <laughs> that's that? right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love it, man. Yeah. There's all these little things coming in and, and you know, you can mm-hmm. check out, you can check out um, Q's uh, war wagon on, on his website there. And and it's, it's just such amazing. I could, I could sit here and talk to you all day, man, but I know it's, it's, it's getting late there. So I suppose if we could sort of summarize a, 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 a little bit about what we've talked about now Q just sort of rounding off our our conversation what what would that be to be able to sort of some key nuggets to share with um with with our audience yeah I would say if you're dealing with mental health get help early and often right don't be ashamed of it because here's the thing if you had a broken arm you wouldn't be ashamed to say hey man can you drive me to the emergency room I got this broken arm got to go get this looked at right and when you do that when you tell people like hey I'm struggling Uh, if I've got a broken arm you're going to get me to the emergency room they're going to reset my bone they're going to give me some medication and then when I come back I'm going to tell you like hey broken arm and so that way you, you're going to have a different expectation of me. You're going to give me space and grace to heal. You're not going to expect me to come and help you move on Saturday because you know I got a broken arm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing with mental health. When we experience a mental wound, we need to tell people so they can get us to the right help. Maybe they're going to give us medication in the short term and, then, and they're going to give us a plan for recovery. And then when we come back, we have to tell our friends and family about it because they're going to also give us space and grace so we can heal from that wound. And so if that's you today and you're struggling with mental health, don't be afraid to ask for help. It takes a lot of courage. I know I've been there. Um, I've done it. I still do it on a regular basis because here I am, the subject matter expert. I've got a successful business and nonprofit, but I still struggle with mental health. And so it's even harder for me now as a leader in this industry to say, hey, I need help. And you see pastors that commit suicide. You see doctors, all these people who are supposed to be the professionals 
but they just pack it all in. They don't say anything because they're embarrassed. And so you've got to get over that. You've got to be like, nope, I need help. I'm going to ask for it. Um, so if, if, if you guys walk away with anything today, walk away with that, that you need to get help early and often. Don't be afraid of sharing this with your friends and family and colleagues. You know, and the squad is life, you know, developing your own support network of people that you know and that you trust who can help you when you're struggling with mental health. The app that I created is designed specifically for that. It's not an app where you interact with technology. It's not. It's a messaging app for you and your squad to be able to converse when you're struggling with mental health. Because remember, during a mental health crisis, part of your brain shuts down. Yeah. So instead of thinking about who am I going to call, what am I going to say, that brain fog that sets in, you just push one single button on your app and it sends an alert out to that predetermined squad of people mm. and they're able to help you when you're struggling with that mental health. Wow. That, that's amazing. So what's that, what's that app called? We're, we're, we're talking about the, the yeah, app. Yeah. What's the app called? So it's called Q Actual. You can get it on the App Store, Q Actual 2.0. There is a paywall there. It's um, There is a subscription model. So what we're trying to do is work with uh, hospitals and insurance groups uh, or like nonprofits and charities to be able to provide this app free of charge to the people that they're serving. So you can go on there. You can download it. Your friends can download it, start using it. Absolutely. You can do it today. But our goal is to get organizations and hospitals uh, and employers uh, to, to provide this app to people free of charge because it is such a value add mm-hmm. to be able to help people with their mental health. You're going to get a better employee. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a better uh, you know, person in your organization. If you help them with their mental health, they're going to become better, faster, and stronger and help you accomplish the mission. Fantastic. Now, there's a few other things that I also wanted to make sure that we could we can uh, have some touch points to, to reach back to you and um, and also address them. So we were talking about uh, Q Mission before and your, your trip to Peru to do some uh, observing stuff, and you're doing you're doing you know stuff here on the west coast and then in the east coast. Now the guys are replicating it. You've got your six week course that you've got going on. Uh, What's it called and how, how would our audience in the, in the US, because I mean, you know, the technology and, and everything reaches there. So we've got some audience in, in the US as well. So if, if we, you were talking to them, how would they uh, look up uh, this course that you, that you run, mate? Perfect. So you, you can go to uh, sergeantq.net, so sgtq.net, and you can book me for a speaking engagement. You can get my book there. Uh, everything that I do, Q missions, like there's links to all the different things that I do. Um, the online course is called healingthroughservice.com. So you can go directly uh, to that course there. Qmissions.org, so the letter Q and then missions.org gets you to my nonprofit for veterans. But if you just remember sergeantq, sgtq.net, yeah. um, that's kind of the main landing page. And from there, you can navigate to any of those other resources that you're looking for. Absolutely. Well, I, and I'm looking to looking forward to being able to read reading a healing through service uh, book. You know, that that's, seems to be a bit of the the core and a bit of a culmination that was released last year. You've just come off the book tour that really encompasses all these other things that you've been doing over the last ten years: setting up your business, mindsets, helping other people, uh, doing the missions, giving back, and uh, and also now uh, the the app uh, um, addressing suicide. Amazing work, mate. So thank you so much, one, for your service, and then two, for your ongoing service now to uh, to the veteran community and to also, you know, your, your faith in the community um, out there with the church. Like, thank you so much. 
Yeah, you're, you're, you're welcome, Andy. And so I'll throw this challenge out to you every May, um, the end of May, it's Memorial Day here in America. Mm-hmm. We go to, we fly offline into San Diego and then we drive into Mexico and we build a home for a homeless family. And since you're a veteran yourself, I'd like to extend that invitation to you. Uh, if you can make your way to San Diego or even to Tijuana, I can pick you up from there. Um, and then you can come through this course uh, yourself and see it firsthand. Well, I'd love to be able to see that and, and, and also see what I can do to, to make that happen. Hey, never say never. And, uh, and I think the world is opening up now to, uh, to be able to come across. And that, that's the thing. I think it'd be hard to drive my, my van, my, my caravan <laughs> across the water. I'll have to make the amphibious or something like that. But definitely thank you so much for extending that invite and for your time tonight, uh, to come on the show and, and, and share your story and the amazing work that you're doing with our audience. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for your service too, Andy, and your your ongoing service to the community. It's fantastic. Thanks, brother. We hope you enjoyed Andy's chat with Aaron Kenyanez. Don't forget to subscribe. And for more great content, follow us on our socials on Instagram Instagram and and Facebook. Facebook. You can also visit our website, www.invisibleinjuries.org.au, where you can access more content, services database, and follow our 12-month PTSD National Awareness Tour. Thanks for listening to Invisible Injuries. This has been a 23 Media Production.